Hello, welcome to this week's The Two Pinter, the podcast all about sport from two mates who love arguing all things sport. If you're uh, social media inclined, we're on uh, Facebook and Twitter at Pinter2. Uh, and yeah, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you get your pods from. Uh, tell a friend, subscribe, uh, do whatever you've got to do. Uh, yeah, please help us promote the pod. Uh, Gareth, we both just uh, finished watching what I thought was a fairly abject uh, Liverpool Liverpool Bayern game. Uh, I suppose quite tactical and um, yeah, not really either side that both sides still very much in the tie. But uh, yeah, I wasn't wasn't overly impressed. Never thought it really uh, never really caught fire the game. Did 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 you disagree? Uh, well, thanks for the introduction, uh, John. I'm Gaz. Uh, <laughs> I'm the other half. Um, but yeah, no. I did go back to the game. I think it's 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 a funny one, isn't it? Cause it's two legs. It's effectively half time. Um, very very cagey. Uh, and who'd have thought a defence without Van Dijk and Liverpool keep a clean sheet? Um, but yeah, it, it had the had the makings in the first half of exploding a bit, and um, Munich looked looked good for the first uh, well looked the better side I thought for the first twenty minutes. Gnabry, uh, Arsenal legend. Um, he he, uh, he was very dangerous. I heard he'd um, um, been playing well for him, so another inspired move from Arsenal, letting him go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think towards the end of the second half, uh, the first half, uh, Liverpool had quite a few different chances, and um, unfortunately, most of the chances fell to Joel Matic through the game, uh, when he's not known for his his goal scoring. He's not really known for his defending, so um, yeah, he's definitely not known for his goal scoring. Um, he probably also drew your yeah. best save out of Addison as well, didn't he, Matic? <laughs> he did. He was there. Uh, yeah, I think he was there one shot on target at one point. Um, but yeah, so it, it, second half just seemed to um, they seemed to sit in a bit more and, and settle for the for the um, for the clean sheet. And uh, yeah, we couldn't we couldn't really break them down. Um, so yeah, I, I, not not the worst result in the world. Um, at least they didn't get an away goal. Uh, although that, apparently that's coming coming out for next season is uh, it's no longer going to be the away goal rule, um, but it's still in for this season and yeah puts the tie in a finely balanced I think they call it don't they? Um, yeah, you, you'd hope that they're going to come out and attack us a bit um, a bit more in uh, over there um, and uh, and yeah we'll have opportunities to to get in behind and do a bit of counter and attacking that we uh, we like to do. Yeah, I thought that was probably more their tactic tonight. They seemed first half particularly to be content to sit back and try and play around your press, which they weren't always managed, uh, able to do. Once they did get it behind the press, they seemed to have quite a lot of space. But um, yeah, I thought, we, I thought we we won the midfield battle tonight. I thought Henderson was excellent. Just um, yeah, putting out fires all over the place. Um, Nabby's looking better. I uh, thought he's uh, he thought he's better, better first half than I've seen from him maybe ever for you for Kater. I thought he was he was quite handy first half and was was driving things forward. I didn't think he think he tailed off a bit before he got taken off. But uh, mm. yeah, one of his better games. But yeah, it was just a, a cagey affair. Neither side looked like he really wanted to go for the jugular. And um, yeah, we'll see on to the second leg. Um, speaking of the Champions League, City are on tomorrow. Probably be routine, but we could review last week's as well. Uh, United look to be gone, while Spurs look very much to be through. Yeah, and I think that's that. That's that reviewed. Um, no, the Spurs are very impressive. Um, they're very, very good result. I didn't didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> I thought it was. A, I thought that might have been a bit more of a cagey, cagey affair. Um, 
I thought it was one of the tyres. Yeah, one of the tyres in the round, but it looks like it could be uh, could be over in. Yeah, but it could be over after the first leg unless something very special happens. Mm. Um, it'd be the sort of Spurs thing to do, though, wouldn't it, to uh, to throw it away from here? But um, Spursy, isn't it? Is that the word? Spursy, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. To be fair, Spurs uh, with Son back in the team, um, they look good again. And we keep writing them off, don't we? But <laughs> they keep proving us wrong. Um, but where's United? Uh, yes, look, look vulnerable. Um, they got a bit unlucky with a couple of injuries. Um, but yeah, I think there was a bit, of, a bit of difference in class in the end between the two teams. And uh, yeah, PSG, despite their injuries, missing Neymar and Cavani, um, they uh, yeah they looked to be in control in that time. Speaking of United, Gareth, this is what we call a segue in the business. Uh, they've got the. Uh, the big game in the Premiership this weekend against your boys uh, at Old Trafford. Um, yeah, could be a potential. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm a United fan who would rather derail Liverpool or City, but uh, could be a potential banana skin for your title challenge. Do you think uh, you can go there and get the three points? Or in fact, will, will, will you get the three points? You obviously could. Um, yeah, I think United would rather derail our, our title than City's. Um, uh, but yeah. Well, well, I said last week I was quite confident. Um, if we went there, I think the defence is suspect. Um, and although they, they're quite good on the counter-attack, um, I think we're decent defending. And I, yeah, I, I fancy this um, going there and getting three points. Uh, I thought against Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea, they were very good, though. And uh, maybe, yeah, maybe the defence is, is a bit better than uh, than I thought. Um, but yeah, that's Always, always well, not always confident, but confident at the moment uh, that we can go places and, and get results. Uh, and so, yeah, well, why not? Um, like I say, I think the defence is poor. I think we've got uh, they're going to come at us because they're going to be full of confidence, and that's the best, the, the best kind of opposition we, we face is when um, clubs don't just sit in. Uh, we're better at um, yeah, getting in behind them, uh, midfield. A lot be on Pogba, uh, but again, I think. Tonight, I think we've got a good, strong midfield at the moment. And defence, if Fabinho plays at the back, um, that's that's no bad thing. Um, but he was excellent again tonight. He's, uh, yeah, he's not. He's he's, uh, he's good at tackling, isn't he? And he's, he's he's very good at reading the game and good in the air. So I think, uh, yeah, I'd play if Virgil's back. I'd play um, be Fabinho, Virgil, and maybe drop Matip. But uh, whether whether Klopp would do that, I don't know. But, What's that with yeah, Van Dyke? So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I heard yesterday that he, he possibly wasn't going to be playing tonight, but should be back for the weekend. Um, but yeah, I don't know whether anything's been. I've not seen anything, so. Um, they keep saying he's definitely back for, for three weeks' time. Uh, hopefully, he's back for, <laughs> back for Saturday, uh, Sunday. Uh, yeah, if not, um, yeah. Fabinho, the, the degree was good tonight, but uh, Rashford is a different sort of challenge than going up against Lewandowski. I think Rashford burning pace, but that will we'll see Fabinho tested in a different way there. Um, yeah. And and yeah, again, your midfield uh, has been pretty strong this year. It's pretty consistent without much flash, but but Pogba definitely is all flash, and he, and he you know he's not not got bad players himself there in Matic uh, alongside him and whoever he plays out of Herrera. Um, I could see him playing Herrera on Saturday uh, and and going for a 
yeah, quite a well, couple of open like players alongside Pogba. So it could be very much where the game's won or lost, really. You can win that midfield battle um, and, and dictate, dictate yeah. who gets the ball, really. Uh, yeah, mean, I, I hope they don't play with Herrera. I, uh, I think he's a he's a horrible player to play against. And he's the kind of player I'd love in... Well, I don't think he'd get in the Liverpool side now, but over the last couple of years, he's the sort of player I'd like on my side. But, um, but yeah, I think it, I think you're right. They're probably going to put Herrera and, and Matic in there. Yeah, you see tonight with a, a scrappy game, uh, even forwards as good as your three, if they're not getting much service, then it, there's not loads they can do with it, really. Uh, you know, you, you're always going to press well, and, and Mane running socks off like that tonight, but uh, his best chance might have been that overhead kick, or I thought Salah's probably best chance. He got tackled by Wijnaldum um, before he could hit it. Um, yeah, Mane also had the one that, um, I think Kite had the shot and it deflected through to him, and Oh, the one he turned Michelle wide as well, yeah. They were both deflected yeah, through, weren't they? Yeah, uh, yeah two, two best chances were deflected over to him. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. I, I, I don't think you'll win. Uh, I think it'll probably be a draw. Um, but, uh, yeah, very interesting game. And uh, it won't, you will see you won't matter in terms of uh, City in a tight race. They've got Chelsea, haven't they, in the uh, Carabao Cup final? The first trophy of the season to be decided. I think it's already decided, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's City's uh, first first trophy of the season. Um, Chelsea would have to change drastically from what we've seen over the last two weeks to to cause City any kind of problems. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, 6-0 white was all the, the clever play by Sarri, just to uh, lull him into a full sense of security so he can spring a surprise in the uh, Carabao Cup, get himself some silverware to, uh, to save his job, which has already been talked about as under threat. It could be a clever ploy. Um, I suppose the the two 0 home defeat in the FA Cup was it to United was a, a clever part of the clever ploy, was it? Um, yeah, they, they just look all oh, at sea at the minute, don't they? And, and thought that being in Higuain in uh, would give uh, better options for them, particularly with Hazard and Willian off them. But they um, yeah, they just they just don't seem a threat at all. Um, I think they're, they're the best part of their their team is their defence and that's not great either um, but I think yeah, it, so I, 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 I can't see I can't see City losing I think to be fair the uh, Higuain signing worked great against uh, against Huddersfield so you know credit where credit's due <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah tough to uh, even with City playing a couple of days later against Schalke in a big Champions League tie away uh, it's yeah it's a trip to Germany and back I think, I think they'll probably be alright and uh, yeah Chelsea are in a weird place at the minute and probably need to invest a lot in the summer to change that so yeah we'll back a, a fairly routine Man City uh, win on their way to uh, I'll say a double this season I think I don't think they'll win the Champions League so yeah Premiership and uh, Carabao Cup for the for City this season <laughs> Do you think what about the FA Cup? Yeah, I'll, I'll back an outsider to win that go on uh, yeah Cool, yeah, come on. Double for City. First, uh, first two trophies. You heard it here first. Well, so you're, not, you're not back in City for the FA Cup, is that what you say? Yeah, no, going on. Back United, maybe. Yeah, yeah fair enough. See if City uh, can... Yeah, I don't think fighting on uh, four fronts is, is easy. Um, and I think they'll yeah, certainly be into the Champions League next round. So, yeah, go on, i say... So they let themselves down a bit in the FA Cup or let, let down a quadruple if that's, if that's letting yourself down. If you if you think if you're a Chelsea fan, would you rather beating City on the weekend in the Carabao Cup or a couple of days later when they play Spurs at home, winning that one? 
City, you say? No, Sorry. Chelsea. So, Chelsea, what do you think you'd rather? Chelsea basically ch- chasing the top four or going for the Carabao Club? Uh, yeah, I'll probably. Oh, Christ, good question. Uh, go on, I'll say Carabao Cup because I just. I'm not sure them getting into Champions League does loads for them next year. Maybe it helps attract players, but. Um, what? Was it the Carabao Cup win Wood? No, I don't think in that regard. But I'm just, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, at least it's a trophy. Whereas coming fourth to then us qualify and then to what to go out in the last sixteen in the Champions League unless they invest significantly. I think the best players probably off this summer. I'm not sure. They probably will invest significantly, won't they? And if they're only going to attract players if they're in the Champions League, or they're only going to attract the best players if they're in the Champions League. Are they going to attract best players though? If, if Hazard leaves and you know the best players leaving and. They might have a striker on the way. They might not. Who's probably on the downside of his career? They need a new defender. I think they need. I think they need longer than just a summer rebuilding Chelsea. I think they need work all over the park. Um, does Champions League spread them a bit thin? Would they be better off just getting a few players in, sort of slowly starting the Sarri rebuild because he hasn't got the players to do what he wants at the moment? Uh, I'm not sure because I thought, you know it was ten games into the season we were talking about a three-horse race and Chelsea were looking looking fairly good beat City at home and so I think there's the makings of a, of a, of a good side there um, they do seem to have lost their way recently and um, it was only a couple of weeks ago you we were talking about them being the, that flat track bully um, is it if Hazard goes does that does that you know he's, the speculation about his future for the last uh, two years three years every time he speaks he, he sort of says oh I like Chelsea but <laughs> Um, so you know, this, maybe that if he does actually go and they'll have a, a lot of money from that, then they got opportunities to invest. Um, yeah, I think surely a Chelsea in the Champions League uh, next season is a better proposition than che- Chelsea being in Europa League, having having won a Carabao Cup. Yeah, but I'm not sure it does because I don't think they're doing anything in that Champions League. They may attract some players, but I say I'm not convinced they're attracting that great standard of player. And I think they need more than just a summer of it. I think Champions League probably stretches their resources more than the Europa League would. I think they take your trophy this season, see where you finish, uh, or you know finish fifth, and and carry on consolidating and trying to bring, I say a new, a whole new team through it. I don't think. I think Chelsea, if they lose Hazard, which I think they probably will, and you're right, he does. He does talk about leaving regularly. Um, yeah, sign a few new players, move quite a few on. That turnover is not easy to manage, which means you, yeah, which definitely isn't easy to manage if you're playing at the top level of European trophy. They might get out of the group stage, but in the fourth English team, so they might get a tough draw and go out in the group stage. And, and how much further are they on with that, really? Mm. Um, yeah. It's, it's a good question. I think you can see can see both sides, um, but yeah, they they don't seem a good place, and we'll see if they back Sarri. Abramovich is is not known as a patient manager. Um, they do have a quite a storied record for for hiring and firing. Um, yeah, let's see see where they go. Really, we'll keep keep an eye on this as the season goes on. Mm. Oh, we've got a question from the barmaid. Football related this week, Gareth. Yeah. Uh, mm. From young Toby in Winchester. Um, Toby, ask you, Gareth, of the bottom seven clubs in the Premiership, who do you think will go and why? 
So at the bottom seven, I think he's going from Palace down. So we've got Palace, Brighton and Burnley on 27. Then Newcastle 20, and Cardiff on 25. And then the bottom three is currently Southampton 24, Fulham 17 and Huddersfield 11. So I think we've probably backed Huddersfield to be one of the three. Yeah. Do, I mean, I w- do we back I Fulham to of the bottom seven, he means Huddersfield already gone. There's <laughs> the seven above, above Huddersfield. Um, I think it's easy to say Huddersfield are on 11, Fulham are on 17, and then Southampton 24. I think Fulham are looking very precarious, aren't they? So I'd, I'd probably back Fulham to go down. Uh, bold statement, I know. Um, yeah, then it's a bit of a lottery over the next next six clubs, isn't it? Well, that's, yeah, three, three points separating six clubs. Uh, and... Yeah, some clubs that you you think of, you know, I think of a Palace and Brighton. I, I don't think they've had bad seasons, but they're they're not really got the points to to bat up. Burnley started off poorly. Have, have got some results. Newcastle started off terribly, but have got a couple of good results recently. Cardiff, you, you you probably at the start of the season we all thought had no quality and have just managed to grind some results and, and hang around. Saints, are over new manager bounce and uh, aren't. Yeah, don't seem to be kicking on loads. It's um, could be very scrappy, all, really. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, all all six clubs seem to have had a bit of a resurgence um, over the last couple of months at, at different periods. Maybe only a resurgence of a couple of games, but um, yeah, is it? Is, I mean, there's five points then between Palace and Leicester between thirteenth and twelfth. Um, is that probably is a bit of a big too too much of a gap? There's twelve games left though, so is it too much of a gap to to drag anyone else in? Um, I think for Wolves to go past Leicester would, would surprise me. Uh, I know what you. Are. I, th- I think a couple of them could certainly catch a Leicester or Bournemouth or West Ham or Everton. They're all on all very close together too. Yeah. But uh, right to make a prediction, uh, perhaps still still Newcastle. Uh, we'll see how the Rafa has gone playing better and um, they've spent a bit of money. But yeah, just uh, yeah. <laughs> It just seems a you know still an unstable club. Rafa, where is he going in the summer? Um, no one's really sure. The the ownership obviously situation never helps. Uh, Southampton, I think, will crack. I think he's quite. A good, he sounds like he's quite a good coach. World accounts. I think he might run his form. Cardiff just just seems to keep grinding away. Uh, and then Palace, Brighton, Burnley, all went around a few seasons, and I think maybe that. That will sell over time. And probably a bit more quality than Newcastle. So I'll, I'll back Newcastle for the uh, third place. Sorry, Geordie fans. Uh, I'll, I'll go for Brighton. Uh, I think they've got a bit of distraction with the with the FA Cup. Um, they're like I say, they, at the start of the season, they, they seem to be one of the teams that were doing surprisingly well. Uh, I don't think they've done that well in the last. Um, well, I don't know. The last, uh, perhaps the last couple of months. Um, I think the others have all got resurgence in. I don't think I can't see um, Rafa taking Newcastle down. I think Rafa's a bit too astute. For, um, he's a very good manager. Right? He perhaps hasn't got the, the greatest of tools, but um, yeah, I, I, they've played. Who they played now? They played. They played some of the bigger names, haven't they? They played City. So City again, beat City. Yeah. Um, aren't, yeah, well, I'm not sure on the fixture list, but yeah, I think um, yeah. Well, you you stick your neck out and say Newcastle. I'll, I'll go Brighton. Then. Okay, any of us uh, have gone for the sides in the relegation zone, so both back in Saints to to uh, get out of there and uh, and Cardiff to to keep getting away from there. 
Uh, it's okay. We're, uh, sorry, Huddersfield and Fulham, but yeah, you're, you're looking in. You're gone. Yeah, <laughs> very precarious spots. Uh, we do have a huge preview to get to this week, Gareth, but we'll save the best till last. Um, so we'll move on to a little bit of boxing. Uh, finally, there's been some announcements in the heavyweight division that we've all been waiting mm-hmm. for, um, but uh, not one one completely unsurprising in that Andy Joshua is going to fight Gerald Big Baby Miller on the 1st of June in New York. The other, though, was um, was was quite a surprise and wasn't sort of leaked at all, is that Tyson Fury signed a, a big deal with ESPN in the States, um, meaning he is now on a, a different network over there. He's, he's got joint promotions with uh, Frank Warren, his UK promoter, and Bob Arum, the grizzled old, I think he's 87 now, Bob Arum, grizzled old American. Is he that yeah, he promoted Ali, he promoted Hagler Hearns, he, yeah, he, um, he's promoted some of the some of the greats down history and he's, he's still going strong. Um, yeah, uh, but overall what it means is that the three the three biggest names, Joshua, Wilder and Fury, are now on three different TV networks in the States. Uh, so, so now I'm wondering, Gareth, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it, is uh, Fury Wilder 2, which we seem to think was a done deal a couple of weeks ago, is that now in jeopardy? Uh, and are we going to see these big free fighters or are these TV companies going to get in the way of it all? Um, well, <laughs> history would tell you that it's, um, it's unlikely, well, it's, it's much, suddenly become much harder for, um, for fighters to fight across networks. And, um, yeah, Fury having, not, uh, having kind of not been on a, on a network in the US has suddenly given himself uh, a lot more options and um, yeah becomes a big player over there I think I read somewhere ESPN uh, have already got 3 million subscribe- subscribers um, they, uh, they're the big player over there they've got Lomachenko and um, Crawford so they have the Crawford, Crawford, Crawford the, can't uh, fight yeah yeah on their um, on their uh, books and uh, yeah it presents Fury as a, as a very strong option Um whether that means that the, the Fury camp have been a bit sort of quiet on whether, well not quiet, they've been coy on whether they can now get the, uh, the fight with Wilder. Um, I certainly don't, I think it was touted that it was going to happen in May, I don't think that's going to happen, uh, which is a shame and probably means that uh, the, well, I'd say the Joshua camp have got their way and um, they, they wanted to delay things and make things even bigger and uh, get as much money as possible from from uh, from the the, fight, the sort of the trilogy of fights that could happen. Uh, and yeah, I think that's that's just gonna that's gonna happen now. Unfortunately, I think we could be quite a while before uh, before we see. Hopefully, that it happen by the end of the year, but it could it could be longer, couldn't it? So, are you saying potentially this could play into AJ's hands in that say goes to? American crushes Miller as as I think he probably will. Then he's announced himself over there, and if Fury and Wilder can't get it together, then what? Joshua Wilder moves closer. Are you thinking, or I just think, or no, they just don't um, fight for a while and it just builds up, and we'll see who goes where next. Yeah, well, I, I, I've been on this podcast. I mean, my boy being clear on um, Joshua. I think he's or his his camp have been um, have been demanding money and. Um, putting quite a lot of demands on the other two fighters and perhaps I think their focus has shifted from the f- actually fighting just to see how much money they can make uh, and I think a lot of uh, fans or um, just people in ge- general public not all of them by any stretch but a lot of them are sort of turning against Joshua and Hearn in that you know, 
why can't we just get this fight done and why can't they um, put aside the money issues but with Fury going on a different network I think the, I don't think Wilder and Fury, Fury will fight so then the pressure eases a bit on uh, on Joshua and uh, everyone's sort of upset with all three of them about uh, about not fighting yeah well, I'm sure uh Sure, Derek Chisora will be around to, to fight all three if it's uh, if they're so available. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is concerning. Uh, you tend to think of boxing if there's enough money, fights will happen. Um, but yeah, I thought that with Dylan White and AJ, and then he didn't take that because of rematch clause and stuff. And, and boxing doesn't just it doesn't just come down to money, and the you know little, little things can get in the way. And when you have more promoters and more TV networks in there, it just makes it all the more complicated. Um, mm. But yeah, I think um, AJ's at least got himself a plan now, and I did uh, enjoy his. I don't know if you saw the press conference today with Big Baby Miller. They started doing the stare down, and barely started before Miller shoved AJ Black, and then everyone dived in the middle, and they're already starting to so scripted, though, wasn't it? Oh, of course, they're already getting the uh, big promotional wagon going, and Joshua jumps off the stage and shouted at someone in the crowd, um, which is, is probably exactly what they want from over there, really, making a bit of a, a name. and Big Baby is, uh, has got a big mouth to, to go with his size, um, which should make the uh, promotion at least a bit of a giggle uh, before the fight itself. But I don't see I don't see that suddenly people going. I think Fury's stock is quite high um, following the the fight with uh, with Wilder, not even necessarily for the actual fight, just for the knockdown and the getting up. I think that's probably been um, been seen by just about everyone who's who's got access to internet by now. Um, Whereas uh, with Joshua beating Miller, no matter how impressive it is, um, Miller's not a big name, is he? And I just don't think I don't think that particularly changes people's opinions. Um, and if they want just just purely on finances, um, ESPN's a lot cheaper as a subscription fee than than, than day, uh, days and days. Design. Design. That's <laughs> Oh, we'll see. I think it depends on the manner he beats him. I think if he um, if he knocks him out in in fairly stunning fashion, it's the same thing again. I, I, yeah, I mean, supposedly he's, um, he sold out a lot of ticket, a lot of big pre-sale figures in Madison Square Garden. What that actually means, we'll find out because he could just be touts buying them. Um, but yeah, well, that's the that's the things that are levelled against him, isn't it? That he he sells a lot to like StubHub and things like that. Yeah, and it could well be the same over there. So uh, their town is a big victory. We'll, we'll see, but. Uh, yeah, similarly as Wilder Fury wasn't a huge fight at the time. It was more everyone seeing it the next day and catching up on what happened. I think that's what they're hoping for with, with Joshua. It, you know, the promotion, they'll, they'll try their best to make it big. And I think, um, yeah, Big Baby's probably a good one for that, just that he's mouthy and they can get the uh, the Joshua. I mean, Joshua's obviously got got the look that the uh, that no Wilder or Fury hasn't got. He does look like the uh, the perfect heavyweight in that regard, which which does help and probably will play well over there. But yeah, they're hoping that he knocks him out and he's sort of, I think, like I said on previous podcast, carried on the news stations the next morning and you see that and then they, his name gets pumped up a bit more. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if Joshua and Wilder continue, uh, Joshua and Wilder, sorry, Fury and Wilder continue to be at arm's length for negotiations and they'll probably only help him bump out, really. Mm. Um, but over this side of the pond, we've also got probably first first big fight of the year, really. The uh, Gale Eubank. Yes, uh, my boy Chunky um, could be fighting essentially for the last time. You'd think he, he seems to talk about retirement reasonably regularly, and he's he's had a fairly storied career. He's double world, twice world champion. Um, but gave that title up to focus on a bigger British fights. So I think he probably 
plenty of George Groves again, but that won't happen now that St. George has retired. So he's gone for a Eubank Jr., a uh, bit more of a younger pretender. Um, how do you see this one going? Um, I think the girl wins. Um, I think Eubank's been disappointing in big fights. Um, his, well, his two biggest fights. Uh, I think the girl will, will have the bit between his teeth, uh, particularly as he'll want to show if um, Groves beat uh, Eubank a couple of months ago. Then he want to show Groves that he can, he too can beat uh, Eubank. Um, I think there's a lot of needle between Groves and uh, the Gale, even though <laughs> Groves, they're probably not going to fight again. I think uh, it'll just be a bit of a pride thing for, for the Gale. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't really know where the loser goes. Um, yeah, so I, I, th- I think the Gale beats them. You? Yeah, well, I think you put something quite well, really. I, th- I think the Gale's a far better boxer, far better skilled, but he, he's also probably not quite where he was. And the problem with the Gale for Ekelini's fights is it'll start off very quickly and prove how good a boxer he is over the first five, six rounds mm. and then he'll go quiet for a few and you wonder where he's gone and then he'll perhaps try to pour it on so I think he could if he's so wanted close to a reasonable decision and just try and outbox him but Eubank to be fair does does keep coming and he, he's energetic and he has got a good gas tank on him and throws a bit of power and I think eventually well, he'll he'll, uh, he'll drag the gal into a bit more of a scrap and, and make it sort of a, a closer fight, really. Um, but I think the gal should should have too many rounds in the bank. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what um, is levelled against um, Eubank, isn't it? That he he comes good at the end, um, perhaps when everything's lost in the first six rounds. Um, I suppose that's down to his fitness and, and his stamina. But and like I say, if the gal does go missing, then uh, there's there's opportunity for Eubank to get some rounds back. But Surely, <laughs> the Kales, he's learned from Badu Jack and um, yeah, other fights where he's... Uh... Groves, yeah, was the same. Well, I think he actually beat Groves, but uh, you can debate that. But yeah, he was ahead and then they let him back in. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Eubank against Billy Joe was a few years ago now, but he, he came on very strong, but Billy Joe had just sort of outboxed him, really. And yeah, I think the Gale should be too good. And um, yeah, I agree. I think if the Gale loses, he definitely is on the wane and, and needs to probably move on and... Bow out of a pretty good career. Eubank, though, as I fight he loses, as expect, he's um he's starting to become the fighter who has a good name and can beat up on little people. But when it comes to the biggest fights, doesn't seem to have enough. And um, I'm sure he get more fights and and carry on. You know, he's got the big name, of course. But yeah, it's a struggle to see where he goes. You know, someone like a Callum Smith is is gonna be nowhere. He's gonna be nowhere near that. Um, so yeah, it's just should uh, you think. The guy wouldn't want to lose for pride and, and potentially his last fight, and Eubank just for the future of his career, really. But uh, yeah, should, should should be good fun, and I hope Chunky does the business. Uh, yeah. But all through this show, Gareth, we've been burying the lead, haven't we? We've been keeping quiet on what is undoubtedly the sporting occasion of the weekend. <laughs> the Six Nations is back after a week off. After we got to watch glorious games like Leicester v Saracens and. Uh, Except Gloucester in the Premiership and probably some Pro 14 games too that I didn't see on the Sally. Six Nations is back, yeah. Gareth, and of course it's my boys against your boys in what is being tilted as a potential Grand Slam decider. Uh, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves there, but it's potential. England v yeah. Wales in the Millennium Principality Cardiff Stadium. Uh, Going to have 70,000 screaming Welshmen baying for English blood. Uh, the Englishman on a, on a high after a great first two rounds. The Welsh, having not played very well so far. Uh, England are four-point favourites with the bookies. Do you think Wales can upset the odds and uh, 
be the English and have a famous victory for you all to celebrate deep into the night across Cardiff and the rest of the country. Yeah, I think it'd be a fairly routine victory for Wales. Um, <laughs> you, say, you, say, you say about this uh, this big um, celebration winning. Uh, I think it's sort of just number three, isn't it, out of five uh, five wins for the Grand Slam. So yeah, I think a fairly routine victory will be is, is uh, what's uh, going to happen. Fairly routine, like you're, you, you, you've been picturing Italy, for example. You, you know, life and death against the uh, the mighty Italians. Yeah, win to win, isn't it? That's all you need. You win five wins, you don't need any bonus points or anything. Just, uh, just the five wins will do. Um, no, I think uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a huge game, uh, particularly in the World Cup year. And uh, I think if England win, uh, it's game over for the Grand Slam, isn't it? I think that's uh, that's England or for the Championship. That's England's uh, England probably got the Grand Slam from there on. Um, if Wales, because they only England only play Scotland and Italy afterwards. Both um, at home, yeah. It? So you'd uh, well, I'd, I'd hope to win the Grand Slam from there. But uh... whereas if Wales win, um, sorry, when Wales win, uh, we'll only have. Um, well, we'd still have Ireland at home to play, uh, and uh, and Scotland away. So, um, so yeah, uh, trickier set of fixtures uh, post this game. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be. I think it will be tight. Uh, I think England's kicking game is going to uh, isn't going to be as successful as it has been in the in the in the first two games. Um, I think Wales are much better under the uh, under the high ball. Um, although. Halfpenny's probably not going to play. I did read somewhere that he's uh, he's he's not been ruled out of the uh, of the weekend's game, but he didn't play for Scarlets when he was released on the, uh, during the weekend. Um, I can't see. Well, I can see it happening, but I hope we don't just throw Halfpenny in, um, sort of partially fit, because uh, I think yeah, there's going to be fullbacks probably going to be one of the key positions. I think just to um, to deal with England's high ball and. Um, yeah, I think Liam Williams is well, probably not as reliable defensively as Halfpenny. Uh, I think he's uh, certainly well, he's a line standard, isn't he? I think uh, he's certainly a very good player. And yeah, I think it's going to be a battle of um, well, battle of midfield. Uh, all the uh, the big big lumps that uh, that England are bringing along. Um, yeah, whether we can at least well, we, we need to match match the uh, the physicality in midfield. I think. Oh yeah, midfield, and then just to see if we can. We've, uh, yeah, we've been smashing the, over the game. Uh, you know, the advantage line uh, mm. these first couple of weeks in the Six Nations, um, but well, I haven't been massively impressed with your defence so far. The Six Nations, but, but generally you've been a very good defensive side for years now, um, and you'll need to be again Saturday because yeah, we're gonna. Although uh, Mac was out, and I see Todd has been ruled out as well today. Um, so a couple mm. of injury concerns, although yeah, Mac is a big loss. Todd has been replaced by Courtney Laws, who was one of the best players of all, uh, on the park against France last week. So we're losing a bit there, but but still another world class lock. But yeah, still you've got um, in the forward you've got Sinclair Laws, uh, all the all the uh, back Sinclair, row. Sinclair could be key. I think we, we touched on it last week. I think. Uh, the the occasion is going to be Saturday evening. Going to be the pressure is going to be immense in uh, in the now the Principality Stadium. Sounds a bit odd. But, um, probably best to just keep calling it Carnival Park, really. But, um, but yeah, the pressure is going to be immense, and uh, let's see if Sinclair can can keep his cool. He, he can't keep his cool on a you know, routine victory against uh, against France, where there was uh, very little pressure. Um, 
yeah, I think he's there to be got at, and that could be one of the many key battles. For sure, and I think that's probably why that will pick Ben Moon on the other side because he's a bit more of a cool, calm, collected head. We could play Alice Genge and just go full, um, full, 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 <laughs> full, 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 full throttle psycho. Um, and, and I love Alice Genge. He's a he's great and a spiky, yeah, grizzly character who just likes to scrap and would be another bloke who, who loves the ball in hand. But I think probably play Ben Moon better scrummager, more solid, and then bring Genge off the bench to, yeah, um, who can who can then do that, but. Yeah, um, I think I think you've got quite a solid back row and and quite a solid midfield defensively, but still stopping uh, the likes of Billy Sinclair and then Manu mm. in midfield. I think it's going to challenge you a lot. And yeah, I mean it could, could be could be important. For, as I said uh, the game starts. We obviously started off like trains against uh, Ireland of France, and I think from playing mm. playing in front, we're very hard to come back for, against. But uh, you, you mentioned then we've we've now got the record of uh, coming back. In the Six Nations, so you know, you go ahead if you want. Yeah, I mean, against France, uh, that's fine. Uh, if, you, if you want to give us 16 points at half time, Gareth, <laughs> I'm more than happy with that. Uh, and you say, okay, can game, I, I don't think you'll be as naive as France were and just, well, you I mean, you'll have a, a proper fullback playing fullback, which always helps. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we certainly enjoy playing the grabber, and it's, it's not an easy thing to defend. But if, if you're a bit better positioned, it, it makes it a lot easier, and it is, it's not an easy skill to perfect each time, and they've all come off. Uh, so far this tournament, but it seems. But also in your kicking game, if you if you can uh, if you can turn it into a bit of a scrap and not let us get away early on, I think. Uh, yeah, you know Elliot Daly has been a lot better, but I still I'm still not convinced he's great under the high ball. And I don't think he's really. No. Ireland never really got testing that, and neither did France. Then then up and on the bigger, um, you know he does, does doesn't like to run with the ball, does he? Bigger, he loves an up and under. Um, yeah. I'd I'd be I'd be peppering. Preparing daily with them, I think I wouldn't, wouldn't go near Johnny May because he's he seems to be great under the high ball. Famous last words, mm. but I think uh, if you can get a a bit of parity and um, not be getting knocked backwards in the collisions, uh, then then I'd be I'd be kicking myself a lot if I were you and trying to play the field position game and and put mm. us under a bit more pressure. Um, and then you'd be yeah, saying, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think you're right. I, th- I think that bigger that, that is good, biggest game plan, isn't it? And um, he, he came off a. W- Considered um, injured uh, over the weekend, but apparently he's uh, he's fit to play. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's the big the big name for the occasion um, in more ways than one. And after, after yeah, he's he's one that's going to put you uh, put you under pressure. Like you say, I think the, the kicking game is probably going to be uh, key for us, um, as it is for you. Um, that's 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 what you that's what you rely on. Um, your defence is. Is better is shown to be better than ours at the moment. Um, I still think we we have better backs in terms of creativity. Um, oh, claim, claim. Well, you got Manu's. Manu's not done anything. Um, he's very good defensively. But he's not done anything creativity. Creativity for I don't know since he jumped off the pier in what was that 2011. He's not there to be creative, but I think our. Well, I think Farrell's a better fly-off for creativity than Bigger is. I think uh, Henry Slade's a better creativity than Davis is. Davis might be a better runner, but I don't oh, think he... behave. He doesn't bring anyone else Davis to play. Davis is world-class. Uh, he's good every four oh. years for the Lions. Other than that, he, he disappears in between. Uh, Absolute rubbish. And then your wings, uh, John Holmes is nice, but yeah, you want to talk about pressure. Uh, what is it, it's going to be his third international? Uh, third or fourth international? Yeah. Uh, and Jenna Holmes will possibly come off the bench, but uh, we've still got North and um, Josh Adams. Josh Adams has been very good. 
Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll back Johnny May to uh, run rings around both of them, and then Daly joining the line over. Uh, yeah, I, I think Daly causes more problems. Has got a better boot. Yeah, you're about, you're about to say Daly over uh, Lee Williams, and then realise that was that's not the case. No, no, I'd, I'd take Daly if you're, you're talking about creativity. I think Daly's got more to his game than Liam has. Liam's a great runner, um, but that's about it. Daly's got a great boot, uh, more intelligent, runs the lines like a centre, like a wing, like a fullback. Liam only really so talk about creativity. And the first thing he said was he's got a great boot because he can kick far. Well, he's he's scored he's scored he's created tries for us uh, this year with his grubber kicks. So it's, it's not it's not a boot that just uh, just boots far or just kicks penalties. Uh, yeah, he's got, he's got a more well-rounded game than Liam Williams. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not I'm not sure where this creativity in your backline comes from. The team that scored uh, what was it 25 against Italy? Uh, well, that wasn't that wasn't the team, though, was it? That was our second string. Well, you, yeah, that's the problem. You don't really see you're going to play your potentially third scrum half this uh, this tournament you don't seem to have an idea what your best uh, even your best halfbacks are you're a bit all over the place played, but you've got no clue about what we're going to what we're going to play which is part of Gatlin's master plan you've uh, no idea what our um, our combinations are going to be uh, the, the two lads that have stepped in so far have, have, uh, have taken us to wins um, yeah it's all part of the Gatlin master plan <laughs> I don't think Gatlin knows his best players, which I think is part of the problem. I'm not sure you're... Um, you, you, you're criticising a man who's suddenly... Well, not suddenly, at the moment, we're on what, 11 games unbeaten. This isn't just uh, a sudden two games that we've suddenly played well or suddenly scraped through. We're uh, we're on a roll. You, you are on a roll. I think you've um, some of that's padded by beating up on some, some not great sides. Um, but... Yeah, I think what seemed like a very settled side a year ago has come apart a bit with that. You've lost the likes of Warburton, uh, your Reese Webb's gone. And you always tell me Tipperick's better than Warburton, so you can't throw that one in. Yeah, I think generally it was, but Warburton, you've got the leadership, and now you get to Alan Wynn, and I guarantee there'll be a situation on Saturday where you get a penalty in front of the sticks, and rather than take your three points, Alan Wynn uh, will kick to the corner, and it'll probably go wrong, because he, cause he always thinks kicking to the corner is the best option. Um, he's... What, doing, doing a Rob Shaw, as it's known in the business? Yeah, look, look how that worked out. Um, whereas Warburton, uh, he wasn't always the best player, and I think you overrated him a bit for that, but he, he was a very solid captain, and, and generally kept quite a cool head. But Alan Wynn, Alan Wynn, immense player, I'm not sure he's as good a captain. Um, and I think he'll be fighting against the tide. I think his his other front five members aren't as strong. Uh, I think your your front five will go backwards against ours. Uh, and yeah, so it, on 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 paper you have got the stronger front five. Um, but I think, like I say, I think it's a different kettle of fish. I mean, all all the previews this week are talking about how um, you know playing at playing at the Millennium Stadium is a or principality or whatever we're going to call it. Is uh, it's just a different ball game to, to anywhere else that, you, that your boys will have played. Um, it's not like it's, just, it's chalk and cheese between um, playing at Twickenham. Uh, we've both been there for uh, for Six Nations games, but one at Twickenham and one at um, Millennium Stadium. And uh, as you know, the atmosphere, the uh, the scrutiny closer to the pitch, and this is just it's just just a different ball game. I'm not going to agree that you're. Uh... It's a different ball game to you coming to Twickenham, but uh, I will agree that if it was a Twickenham, I'd back us to beat you by a couple of tries, probably. Um, but in the millennium, I think it's going to be a far closer affair. But uh, we went into yeah, like went a couple of weeks ago, or three weeks ago, went into the second best size in the world's home uh, park and again a similar similar sort of cauldron, a, a nation that, that hates us and and beaten very mm-hmm. handily. So, I've, and you know, we've beaten you the last two times we've been to the millennium, we've beaten you there in in Six Nations games. So it shouldn't be a place you, you, that holds. Too much fear for us. 
You, you said Ireland being a nation that hates you. They're just part of a long list. So I don't think there's a nation that likes you. Um, um, just just because we're uh, so successful, Gareth, and we're on the way to another World Cup with later in this year. Okay. Um, but no, but yeah, we're, 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 we're not talk- the most popular nation uh, in in the rugby terms or, or many terms, really. But yeah, carry on. Um, in, yeah, in terms of Ireland, we talked about that at the time. It was um, yeah, it, it was impressive from England, impressive defensive performance. Um, Ireland, Wales aren't going to gift Ireland, uh, England some tries like Ireland did, but. Uh, and we talked about Ireland starting slowly and, and poorly, and they weren't great against Scotland either. But um, yeah, this, 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 as you know, the uh, under the lights at uh, Millennium Stadium was just well, that, that, that was England found out a couple of years ago when we uh, when you were there for the championship or there for the Grand Slam, and Wales turned over 30, 33, was it? So struggled to remember the exact score, but. Um, Still holding it's, on to uh, that game from uh, what six years ago now. Uh, great victory it was, but it's uh, different size, different different times now, Gareth. And uh, but it's just well, it's not it's not different size. There's a lot of the still play then that playing now, but it, it's it's just an example of uh, showing that you know you were the team then who was coming in with yeah your tails up and uh, full of confidence, and you just got annihilated by um, by a Welsh team who, um, who yeah we're, we're just it's just a completely different ball game playing at, um, at Principality. Yeah, we won last last time we played there, which is is more recent. Um, yeah. On, on our way to another Grand Slam, so uh, that was was great. And and you've got some similar players still there. And I, I think you've changed quite a lot, but but we've got a, a very different side to the one that got battered there. And um, yeah, I think we we probably are too 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 big, too strong, too young. Um, and I think you're you've lost some some experience and some key positions and. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure replacements will will be good enough for it. I think you're you're trying to build some depth, and you and Gatlin's done a very good job of that. But I'm not sure. Uh, not knowing who your half best halfbacks are for the Six Nations game, it is the best Gat- approach. Gatlin and... knows. Gatlin knows who they are. Like I say, it, it leaves. Um, well, your own boss has been been saying that um, it's one of the greatest Welsh sides ever. So can't be uh, can't be that bad, can it? Yeah, they've been. Uh... Been quite quiet so far, then, haven't they? I'm uh, expecting some more fireworks this week between Gatland and Eddie. I'm <laughs> so, waiting for it to uh, ignite. Uh, I think Eddie was probably uh, his charm offensive being, being a bit tongue in cheek there. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, hopefully get them uh, get them going. And I think the sides are announced on Thursday, aren't they? Um, yeah, I think we'll probably go Moon to play Laws again next to Cruz. Same back row. Same back line apart from uh, we'll swap uh, Ashton who's injured for Noel who's might be better suit for this game as we're saying people who are probably a bit cooler under know. pressure. We we saw the ash splash uh, when uh, when we went. We did. We did. Uh, right we did. Us, he's, um, I'm glad he's not playing. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, I think Noel probably gives you harder work around the field. He's, he's probably not a good finisher, but he's he's also probably better positionally uh, for your kicking game, and he, he plays fullback sometimes for Exeter, so we could swap him. Him and Daly around a bit, hide Daly out in the wing somewhere uh, under the high ball. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it should be a scrap and um, yeah, at the Millennium Principality, it's definitely a different occasion. But I think we'll have too much, and I'll go for England by uh, let's say six. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I completely disagree. I think uh, I think Wales it'll, it'll be close. Um, probably probably be under ten. Um, probably go for 
Go for Wales by Wales by six. Yeah, no, Wales by five. Wales by five. Okay, interesting. interesting. Um, um, we've already got well, uh, a four-point stake on it, haven't we, Gareth? Uh, just, just straight, no, uh, no handicap. So, uh, one of us will be celebrating to, um, some drinks next I look, week. <laughs> I look forward to. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. I thought it was a very smart move by Eddie for uh, bringing in John Terry to motivate the boys. Um, someone who's uh, who's very good at. Kicking the ball over the bar when it uh, when it matters when it's a high pressure moment, uh, a la the uh, Moscow Champions League final, um, and that's what that's what you need to do, isn't it? You need to keep the scoreboard ticking over. Yeah, I think it's just more you know Terry showed what a leader he is by uh, staying off the pitch in their Champions League final and you know still running on at the end and being fully part of the team <laughs> in his uh, kit. You know, he's just uh, wants he just wants everyone in the squad involved, just keeping around there. John Terry is a great example of that. Um, yeah, clearly there for the big moments. <laughs> yeah, just just around. Um, so yeah, if, uh, if Eddie wants to dress up in his full kit and we win uh, the game, then he, I'm I'm more than happy for Eddie to run on the pitch like that, or or bring back Chris Robshaw or anyone who wants to dress in a kit. Uh, if we get the win, um, yeah, Robshaw will still have nightmares about playing Wales. Uh, I wouldn't go back to him. Uh, he's, he's he's won games in the Millennium, so we 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 were there for them. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, you can you can harken back to your uh, the World Cup game and the uh, 2013 game, but uh, it's a different England you're playing now. It's uh, you just you just an, it, just another speed bump on the way to a Grand Slam, Gareth. It's it's just it just shows the big pressure games, isn't it, against between England and Wales? Um, I mean, last year we played in Six Nations and we we had a very depleted side. Um, you were 20 points up after 10 minutes, was it? Um, 12, 12 points well, up. 12 points up. Sorry, after 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 10 minutes and. And then struggled against us for for the rest of the game. It was only, um, yeah, it was only because Wales. Well, I think I was almost getting a call up. Uh, Wales were so depleted that uh, Wales ended up just just losing by was it twelve twelve nine? Twelve six, I think. Twelve six. Um, yeah, so I, I just think the big moments against uh, against us here. This is the big game, particularly in a World Cup year. Um, you can hark on uh, about a, a game a couple of years back. Um, when it was uh, in the middle of the, the world, you know, the middle of the uh, the four-year cycle between World Cups, um, this is the big one, and uh, yeah, I, f- I, f- I fully expect uh, England to crumble and Wales to march on. Yeah, I'm not too worried. We're on a yeah, we're on a, a three-match winning streak against you, Gareth. It's going to become four uh, this week, and uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll celebrate long into the night. Uh, yeah, well, uh, can't really follow that, Gareth. Can we? we uh, <laughs> Um, good good luck France and Scotland and good luck Italy Ireland. Uh, we'll discuss all them games next week. But uh, yes, thanks for listening. As we say, uh, or as I didn't say, I'm Jono. He's Gaz. Uh, this is the Two Pointer. Find us on social media at Pointer Two. Uh, and yeah, we'll catch you next week to review this game and uh, the boxing and many more. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.